Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast, the Saturday edition, episode number 461, if you're keeping count. I am Doug Hagen of the Daily Gator blog, and yes, this podcast. If you're left, you just ain't right. The podcast that ain't woke, my friends. We got some things to talk about, mainly about the Supreme Court and the affirmative action decision and the angst and panic and uh, absolute pillow-biting shrieking going on by the left, by leftists of uh, who are basically carping for uh, reparations. They want to get paid because of the color of their skin. They're such victims. Uh, lying victim pimps like uh, <clears throat> everyone's favorite senator, Senator Karen. That's right, the fake Indian. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, all kind of things to get to, but let's get this out of the way first. Uh, what's wrong with crime and sentencing and the justice system in America? Well, there's a lot of things you could point to. This case, <clears throat> this brought uh, brought some some light to my mind, and I think this kind of describes part of the problem. Uh, from the Daily Express U.S., uh, Matthew Dooley has a story. The headline reads thus, Las Vegas teen sentenced to 16 plus years after attempting to sexually assault teacher. And there's a little video clip of this little pumpkin pie haircutted freak uh, who looks, he looks like, uh, how can I put this, if a lesbian... And Mo from the Three Stooges had a baby. It would look like this freak. Uh, he's just the kind of person you look at and you know there's some the lights the lights may be on, <laughs> but ain't nobody home or the wrong person lives there or something. Um, he's got a big smile, big smirk on his face during the trial. A Las Vegas teen has been sentenced to between 16 and 40 years. Here's problem number one. How in the hell can you be convicted of something? And then the sentence is going to be between 16 and 40 years. I think that may be too big of a, a gap for a judge or jury to decide. Maybe we should make it, if it's really a heinous act, 40 years. And I'll let you decide. I'll read some of the evidence. I'll let you decide if it's a heinous act. Uh, this is in the state of Nevada. Uh, the little bastard pled guilty to charges of attempted murder and attempted sexual assault for an attack more than a year ago. There's another problem. Why why can't we fast track some cases? You know, let, let the shoplifter out. Give him some bail if we never see him again, whatever. It, it, it needs to be a case where if you try to sexually assault and murder your teacher... I think you ought to get a faster trial than that. You ought to get a hefty sentence. And by God, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the death penalty would not be inappropriate here. Uh, Jonathan Martinez Garcia, who's 17. But he's only 17. Yes. And what? Why would. Why, if you have the death penalty, or even a life sentence? If you have a mandatory one of those two things, guaranteeing this piece of you-know-what will never get out of prison, it'd be a better world. And I don't feel bad because he's only 17. He's just a child. Again, here's some, some evidence. Uh, 
He choked and punched his female teacher until she was unconscious and attempted to sexually assault her. Uh, the victim survived but, sur but suffered multiple injuries, as you would imagine. And imagine the terror the woman went through. All for being a teacher. All for doing nothing but trying to help a student. The defendant pled guilty in April uh, to attempted sexual assault and battery with the use of a deadly weapon resulting in substantial bodily harm in a plea deal that avoided trial in the after-school attack. So there wasn't even a trial and it took more than a year. Really? Good Lord, man. We gotta, That's one problem we need to fix. That no one talks about, we need to fix that. Expediting is good in some cases. Uh, the, the teacher said he beat my body so badly that I couldn't fight. Uh, that's what the victim told the court. She continues, one of the times I woke, I found myself trapped under heavy shelves that he toppled over me to where my breathing was suppressed and I was being crushed to near death. I truly believe with everything in me that I was going to die right there under those shelves. Now, one question that pops up to me, if this assault took a little bit of time and obviously made a lot of noise, how in the hell does no one become aware of that? How does, how does that scenario unfold where uh, a attempted murderer and rapist and a teacher are left alone in a room? And how does that happen? Something, something's wrong with that situation, my friends. Uh, Clark County District Court Judge Kathleen uh, Delaney sentenced Martinez Garcia to a minimum of 16 to 40 years behind bars. Again, I don't get the difference. There's a big difference in 16 years and 24 years. It's not like we're talking 18 to 20 years. 16 to 40? I don't, again, I don't understand that. Uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal reported that prosecutors asked a judge Wednesday to sentence the 17-year-old to, again, this huge gap, 22 to 55 years behind bars. Now, if he's 17 and he got 22 years, he'll be 39. If he only got, uh, what, what was the other sentence, 16 to 40, he'll be 33. Even if he sold the, served the 55 years, he'd still be, uh, what, 72? Again, the crime he committed, I don't see why this isn't life. I really don't see why we can't take seriously violent, dangerous fanatics who try to rape, kill, or do rape and kill other fellow human beings. Why is this so difficult? I don't get it, my friends. I don't get it. Now, the defendant did apologize in court. Whoop-de-doo and said he regretted what he had done. His court-appointed lawyer, uh, Tyler Gaston, told the judge his client's behavior was caused by side effects of an asthma medication he took that caused mood changes. Look, I've seen mood changes. I've had mood changes. We all have. And I don't remember trying to beat and rape a, a woman to death and turn bookshelves over on her. And almost smother her. I don't remember that. That's a kind of a big mood change, don't you think? From just a high school student to to a brutal, brutal piece of filth like him. Uh, so I don't buy that necessarily. 
Uh, but apparently the medication he took caused mood changes, night terrors, and hallucinations. Well, maybe he should have been in a mental ward somewhere. I think that probably, if that was the case, why the hell wasn't he put there? Again, we don't take mental, mental illness serious either. We're just too busy, I guess. The teacher did not return to her job and told the judge that she felt mentally and physically imprisoned since the attack that occurred in April of 2022, which happened after classes had ended for the day. Las Vegas police said the teacher was punched and choked into unconsciousness. Uh, the student fled the high school campus before another school employee found the teacher and summoned police and medical help. Teenager was arrested later that day and the woman treated for multiple unspecified injuries. The attack was one of several examples of school violence that led to passage by the Nevada State Legislature and a signing by Republican Governor Joe Lombardo this year of a law known as the Safer and Supportive Schools Act. I think 16 and 40 years is, is a huge gap for some reason. What, he's, what he was accused of, I could maybe live that the sentence was 40 years. I think it should be life. I think his behavior showed he's a danger. If he gets out, he'll do it again, or he'll try to do it again. Maybe this time he succeeds. That death, that blood will be as much on the hands of the state legislature and everyone else that can't get proper laws written protecting innocent people from violent criminals. Almost as much as violent criminals' hands are bloody there. Seriously, we got we have to get serious about this. This we have the the uh, what would I call it the uh, the accumulation of idiots and morons when it comes to violent crime. There's the blame guns, blame guns crowd, guns bad. There's those idiots who don't have a clue or they have an agenda to disarm everybody. Uh, you've got the folks who want to blame. Uh, rock music, or they want to blame cartoons, or a violent video, or they want to blame this or that. Uh, again, you have all these people, and they can't get together and say, look, the most important thing is preventing the next one. You can guarantee this guy will never do it again by giving him a sentence that says, guess what? That door that is locked behind you, it's never going to unlock too bad about your suffering. Maybe you shouldn't have tried to kill somebody in a violent fashion. I know, crazy, right? But we don't do that. We don't seem to be able to do that. I don't care about rehabilitation. For some crimes, yes. For attempted rape and murder, for kidnapping, for carjacking, for uh, spraying bullets around in some gang shootout and you kill some innocent bystander. No, I don't believe you should ever get out of prison again. The first time you do it. Why is this so oh, so freaking hard, my friends? <sighs> Absolutely ridiculous, my friends. And then the legislature finally steps in and you think, okay, something will get done and then it's a half measure. I don't understand a crime having a sentence of 16 to 40 years. It might be 16, it might be 40. It might be 30, it might be 20. How about a little tighter window there? How about a, a certain 
specific amount of years or years and months that you spend in prison for certain crimes. Period. And I'm talking violent crimes here. Okay? Violent crimes. But, there you go. Also, state of Florida, you know, they recently passed permitless carry. Uh, constitutional carry, meaning if you're a law-abiding citizen, you can carry a, a concealed weapon without having to jump through the hoops the state gives you to jump through, as with concealed carry. Of course, the left predicted hell would descend and we'd all die in shootouts. And, oh my God, they didn't even get into what it would do to climate change. I'm sure it'd have some connection with these nuts. But they predicted what they always predict. Wild West shootouts, bloods in the streets, shootouts at every corner, hell on earth, basically. Well, Bearing Arms has a piece up uh, by Tom Knighton. Tom Knight, by the way, does some pretty good videos on YouTube you should check out sometimes. Uh, but a Florida news site has admitted that permitless carry, it's not going to lead to bloodshed. It's not going to lead to the mass destruction that the left always points out, that the cult of gun control always predicts the drama queens that they are. Now, on July 1st of this year, the law uh, goes into effect, permitless carry, uh, there's still no open carry in the state, but concealed carry will no longer require a permit or mandatory training, which will make it far more accessible to many people. Unsurprisingly, Knight writes, a lot of gun control advocates see this as a problem. As per usual, they hold up the old variations on the streets will run red with blood, as they always do. They always will. And it's always a lie. But they still repeat it. At least one media outlet, however, is ready to say, not so fast, my friend. Some experts say they do not. They do not expect the new law to make life more dangerous or significantly increase crime because plenty of people are already permitted or carrying weapons without a permit. I think things will be fine here, said Stephen Moyer, who is a security consultant and former deputy chief of the Sarasota Police Department. I've talked to a lot of sheriffs across the state. I have testified up in Tallahassee a couple of times. I don't think we're going to see a big uptick. I th it's going to go pretty seamless. Uh, Nicholas Chotos, who is a defense attorney who practices in Manatee County. Oh, I had some great times fishing with my granddad in Manatee County. Little Manatee River. Man, those are some fun times. Uh, most people, uh, Chodo said, who want a concealed carry permit already have them. People who want to carry a gun without a permit are already doing it. Yes, some of them are bad people, but they're not going to follow the law anyway. So, so when you disbar the or bar the law-abiding from carrying it, they are at a disadvantage to criminals who don't care about the law. People who want to carry a gun without a permit already doing it, we're not going to see an uptick in crimes. In fairness, there likely will be a few people who are going to start carrying whereas they weren't before, but most of those cases are still law-abiding folks who just hadn't gotten a permit or are fairly new to firearms. And I would suggest to them they get training. Everyone who carries a gun should get training from a professional teach you the ins and outs of the laws of self-defense 
and tactical things and situational awareness and many other wonderful things you should take. If you at all possible, you should do that. That's my friendly suggestion to you, my friends. Now, the bad guys are going to keep doing what the hell they're doing because they're bad guys. They're thugs. However, Knight notes that not everyone is so sanguine about what's happening with permitless carry in Florida. Take Carol uh, Canyon Resigno, who is the president of Brady Sarasota, the local branch of Brady United, which is nothing but a bunch of gun control cultist hacks who hate you owning guns and hate help self-defense. Uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see it go up, she said. Road rage? Anger-related incidents in general? If you have a gun, you're going to be more apt to use it. Isn't it amazing that the people always talking about how dangerous it is because of short tempers and people that can't control their temper and control their tantrums? Usually are with the gun control side of things. They're with the cult of gun control. They're always pissed off. They're always aggrieved. They're always butthurt. They're always angry. And they're always predicting doom and gloom. Dear gun control cultist, most people are far more rational than you are. Far less hot-headed, far less temperamental, far less of a pain in the ass for everyone else around them. So maybe you would be irresponsible with a gun because you can't control your little tempers. You're always throwing tantrums and you think lying about people with guns and self-defensive gun use is good because you don't care about the truth. You just want your way and you want it now. Yeah, I'm kind of glad those people don't carry guns anyway. And I'd like to know, of all the people who scream and screech about how gun control, pro-gun control they are, how many of those people actually carry guns but don't let anybody know it or have them in their homes and don't let anybody know it? As Tom Knighton points out, the Brady Bunch spouting out the tired old lines. They've been saying this since the 90s. When states went to shill issue, someone from a group like Brady made the same comments. They made these claims and then never admitted they got it wrong when violent crime rates declined for more than two decades. The only uptick in the homicide rate was because of 9-11 during that time. Yet they still opposed every gun pro-gun measure with the same tired argument. Now they're doing it with permitless carry. But let's take a look at the idea of road rage somehow leading to shootings. In particular, all I'm going to point out is that it's already legal to have a gun in your car in Florida. Permitless carry has absolutely no impact on that to speak of. Meaning road rage shootings aren't remotely prevented by the current laws and aren't more likely after July 1st. But then again, this is the Brady Center fear-mongering. Yes, Mr. Knighton, it is. A uh, good piece by him. Go check it out at Bearing Arms. And do check out Tom's videos on, on YouTube. Pretty good stuff. Uh, let me see. Now, the Supreme Court decisions. Oh, man, is Clarence Thomas unpopular in the community. The so-called community. That's so oppressed. So downtrodden, so discriminated against, my goodness gracious, alive. The Reverend Al Dunborn, y'all. Joe Biden said he they're going to put y'all back in chains. And now you have Benjamin Crump, the the guy who's fixing to supplant Al Sharpton as the biggest, biggest and most, most successful, I guess you'd say, successful enriching himself, Benjamin Crump.
who hate firearms, hate uh, the Second Amendment, and they hate the equality they claim to love. They're losing their lunch over the decisions. And here's a little piece about reparations. Now, this was written by a guy named Touré. Uh, he's not really French, I don't think. He looks kind of French. He's got that kind of smarmy, snotty look. If you put a beret on him, he, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd probably, be, uh, probably be fit right in in France. Uh, but he writes that black people will not truly be free until we have reparations. Yes, the ultimate boondoggle, the ultimate con artist deal. Uh, Tory writes that there will never be true liberation for African Americans until there are reparations. Apparently, Tory wants a check. Uh, the wounds of the past must be made whole. We deserve to be compensated for the multi-generational pain and struggle that centuries of enslavement, segregation, and white domestic terrorism have wrought. Well, you want it from America. America's been around for right at 250 years, if you count from 1776, July 4th. Uh, so, all these centuries you're talking about, there's a lot of history before America. And guess what, Touré? Yes, people that look like you were slaves and also enslavers throughout history. And yes, people that look like me, a white guy, were in fact slaves and were in fact enslavers. People look Arabic and Asian. Guess what? Enslavers and also enslaved. Slavery's been around a long, 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 long time. Read the Bible sometime. Read the Old Testament. A lot of mentions of slaves there. And reparations is not the answer because all the people that were actual victims of slavery, they're not with us anymore. If they were, they would deserve a check. And the people who enslaved them, yeah, they're gone too. And yes, they would definitely deserve to write a damn check or two, so to speak. But you, if you can't find people guilty of something, and you can't find the people they victimized because they're all dead, how are you going to make reparations work? You're just going to randomly hand out checks to everyone with a certain pigmentation. And how are you going to raise the money? Country's already broke. Practicality says you can't do it. Then what are you going to do for the next group? What about former descendants of black slave owners? What about descendants of black slave owners who were also descendants of other people who were slaves? What are you going to do for them? You going to make them, you going to give them a check? They have to take it to the bank, then they have to withdraw it and give it to someone else? It's madness. Reparations is madness. It's never going to work. It will create hostility, anger, bitterness, and it should because it's an absolutely horrible idea. Marxists like you love it, Touré. But normal people want no part of it. I believe most black people don't want any part of it. Uh, because, again, there were a lot of black slave owners and a lot of black slaves. I mean, how far back are you going to go? Who are you going to exclude? What about people who came here who were never slaves? Maybe it's a black family. The, that family came in, I don't know, 18 or... Uh, Maybe 1970 became Americans. And they now have children and grandchildren. Maybe even great-grandchildren. But 
none of them were ever slaves. Are they going to get a check too just because of the color of their skin? What about white people who just moved that had nothing to do with slavery in America? They have to write a check. They have to be taxed. What, what, is the, what is the end game? The end game is for people like Tory to get money and get rich. Because basically, uh, that's all they're about. Is enriching themselves. Uh, let me see what else did he say. My opinion on reparations changed a little recently when I read a beautiful new essay in The Atlantic. There's one of your problems. You're reading The Atlantic. Uh, about the long-term impact of reparations on the Japanese-American community. It was called What Reparations Actually Bought. Now, the Japanese who were in internment camps. Thanks, FDR. Solid move for human rights there, buddy. No, please don't get up, FDR. Uh, was that too far? Making fun of the fact he was in a wheelchair? I shouldn't have done that. Our first communist president, FDR. Uh, but he basically put Japanese Americans into camps. And after a certain number of years, I forget what it was, they were paid uh, a certain amount of money for that wrong that was done to Japanese Americans. Shouldn't have been done. Should have never happened. I don't care who defended it. I've heard some conservatives defend what FDR did. Sorry, I ain't selling on that boat. Ain't gonna happen. There is no defense of internment. That's something that totalitarian regimes do. But the FDR, like I said, he was basically a communist, let's be honest. Mr. Supreme Court Packer himself. About 82,000 Japanese people who were interned during World War II got $20,000 checks in the 90s as reparations. But what Arthur Morgan Ome made me see is that reparations are about more than money. <laughs> sure, Torre, sure, buddy. Ah, <laughs> uh, you lying sack of something. They just didn't get a check in the mail. They got some of their dignity and agency back. Yeah, I wish I wish I go to the mailbox now and somebody sent me some some uh, dignity and some agency, also known as a check. You bet that's gonna happen. No, uh, I mean my family was right in Sherman's March. I'm sure I could could go through and find some property destroyed and burned. Do I get a check from that? Shouldn't I? Shouldn't all my distant cousins get one? Why not? I think it should should be paid from the bank of William T. Sherman myself. But hey, what do I know? Of course it is in part about the money, Tory admits. One of the elements of America that has been central to the, to the here we go, continued oppression of the black community is the massive racial wealth gap. White Americans have 84% of U.S. wealth, while black Americans have just 4%. Uh, that massive disparity is a project, product of slavery and white supremacy and having far less wealth in our community and a huge drag on almost every aspect of our lives. You want to know what the biggest burden for all people, all Americans, as far as wealth or accumulation of wealth, etc., etc.? It's the federal government. It's liberal policies. It's the Democratic Party. It's, or some combination of the above mentioned.
you but you accrue property you got to pay property tax on it the nicer property the more you pay you build a nice house on your property you got to pay higher property taxes that's theft my friend you have uh maybe you had a a a relative your father maybe or your grandfather uh built a large company built a big big pool of wealth uh, he passes away and he wills it to the grandkids or, or whoever he chose to. And all of a sudden, you have to pay a big fat tax of, of, because of inheritance. Now, this person already paid taxes on everything he built and accumulated. But you have to pay it when you get it at some exorbitant rate. Why don't we end that, Tory? Wouldn't that make more sense? The government loves to tax, and the tax dollars the government takes too often and pays people off with false promises like reparations. Here's a check. It'll be okay. No, it won't. You know what will make the black community better? And every neighborhood in America with problems with violent crime, drugs, etc., etc., high homicide rates, no matter who, who resides there. Trust me, some of the scariest places I ever uh, have been around or had to drive through at times, the people I saw around me were almost li all lily white. Also looked like the cast of Deliverance at times. I was waiting to hear the banjos. But enough about that certain part of Central Florida I used to live in. Let's not talk about uh, Fort Lonesome too much. If you've ever been to Fort Lonesome, Florida, you know what I mean. It's like you're about a million years away from civilization at times. But reparations don't solve anything. They, they will create bitterness, yes. They will hurt inflation, yes. And when you start it, it will become worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Soon everyone will be looking for some type of reparation. How about we have a government that leaves people's wealth alone, doesn't tax them very much, makes tax codes simple, and people would be able to accumulate more? What about we teach in schools practical skills in life, like how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook? How about that? How about we bring back home ec courses? There's a lot of things we can do to teach common sense to people. And yes, how about the black community really bear down hard and go to war against fatherless homes? You know the biggest thing that hurts the black community is what you don't see in the black community. Committed black husbands and black fathers. That kills the black community every day. But when you say it like I just did, well, you're a racist. You can't say that. That's racist. No, it's not racist. Kids need fathers just like they need mothers. And the, the illegitimacy rate in the black community is off the charts. It's pretty high in other communities. It's way too high in every community, quite frankly, except maybe the Asian. But in a Hispanic, the white, and the black communities, and I don't like uh, delineating communities based on skin color. It offends me, frankly. Because I don't really care about skin color. There's a lot we can do, but giving certain people checks at the expense of other people is going to make resentment, jealousy. Okay, St. Louis gives you gives its residents a thousand dollar checks. Let's say, then all oh, well, look Kansas City. 
same state, they gave people $1,500 checks. But in this city in Michigan, they get $8,000 checks. Yeah, let's divide the country more, Tory. That makes sense. So sad. You know when black people will truly be free, Tory? It's when they stop listening to little race pimps like you and started noticing how great America is. That would do it. Now let me see here, my friends. I'm about out of time. I don't want to go over time too much again. Uh, I'm going to suspend this till next time. It's a little more about the Supreme Court decision. Uh, Michael Harriet, another uh, writer for thegrio.com, who's an even bigger racist, frankly, than Torre is. Probably not as nice a guy as Torre. Uh, who's a little more bitter and angry and, and really anti-white. Um, well, I'll just give you the first sentence from his column. White supremacy is a god. That kind of tells you where we're going with this guy. Uh, he's going to talk about the same type of stuff. Uh, about affirmative action. About the court uh, striking down race as a, a college entrance requirement that it be looked at. Uh, and there's some numbers here you need to know. I'll get to that from the Grio next time, which should be uh, Monday. Uh, but here we go, my friends. Here's some numbers from the Rabbit Hole on Twitter. At the Rabbit Hole 84, the Supreme Court just ruled against affirmative action. Why? Because it is systemically racist. They tweet Harvard applicants. Okay, in the top academic decile, have different chances of admission depending on their race. What could be more racist than actually using race to discriminate for some races against others? That's the very definition of racism. Again, Harvard applicants, all in the same academic decile, have different chances of admission on depending uh, depending on their race. Asians, they are 12.7% likely. So they're the top dogs as far as test scores, etc., etc. Yet they're the least likely to get into college in Harvard. This is for whites are the next highest scoring on average. Uh, they have a 15.3% chance. Hispanics are the next highest scoring. Uh, significantly below the first two, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I believe that to be the case. They have a 31.3% chance of getting into Harvard. So a little less than a third. So none of those first three groups have a really good shot. Right? Because why? Test scores, things like that. But Hispanics have a little over double the chance that white ha whites have to be accepted, uh, and closing out on three times as much as Asians do, and blacks, uh, their acceptance rate, again in Harvard, with same test scores. These are all the same types of test scores. They get in 56.1 percent of the time, well over half, almost double the next highest, which is Hispanics, uh, approaching four times the rate that whites do. And over four times the, the rate that Asians do.
An Asian American is the fourth lowest decile, has firstly no chance of being admitted to Harvard, it's 0.9%, but an African American in that decile has a higher chance of admission, 12.8%, than an Asian American in the top decile, 12.7%. So race is being used and it shouldn't be used in that way. It's being used as a weapon. And we'll get more into this next time on Monday. I'll leave you with this from the other McCain. Probably no one would object if the level of favoritism extended to underrepresented minorities was modest. However, as the data obtained as, as part of discovery during the lawsuit demonstrates, the quote, diversity regime at Harvard involved extreme favoritism so that if an Asian student and a black student had identical, identical qualifications, as measured by GPAs and SATs, the black student was more than four times as likely to be admitted as the Asian students. That is discrimination. That's discrimination based on race. And it doesn't matter which race loses that or wins that confrontation, so to speak. It's wrong. Period. Morally indefensible and morally wrong. Uh, the Supreme Court got it right. And we'll get into that more next time, my friends. God bless y'all. Y'all be good. Take care. Thank you for listening. Remember, if you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, yes, always go Gators. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. As in Monday, enjoy your Sunday off and uh, peace out, you freaks. Y'all take care. God bless.